Today is Tuesday, February 21st, 2022, and the fourth turning is here. The world is about to enter an era of extreme destruction and change. Are you ready? We cover it on this show. Starting off with our first story, Kyle Rittenhouse launching an initiative to sue corporate media and celebrities. You will not believe who? Whoopee! And Donald Trump's truth social is breaking the internet. Video shows that Russian tanks are rolling into Ukraine as invasion begins. But can you call it an invasion? We will talk about it all on this show. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. You have a lot of potential targets to sue yourself. Will you be suing any of these news organizations? And if so, when? Um, well, right now we're looking at quite a few uh, politicians, celebrities, athletes. Whoopi Goldberg's on the list. She called me a murderer after I was acquitted by a jury of my peers. She went on to still say that. And there's others. Don't forget about Sank from the Young Turks. He called me a murderer before verdict and continues to call me a murderer. Interesting. And, and what about the people who called you groundlessly a white supremacist, which makes it pretty hard to get a job for the rest of your life if you're a white supremacist? Will you be responding to them? Absolutely. We are going to hold everybody who's lied about me accountable, such as... Um, Everybody who's lied called me a white supremacist. Yeah. They're all going to be held accountable, and we're going to handle them in a courtroom. There are decades when nothing happens, and then there are weeks when decades happen. That is what we are living in right now, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in to The Benny Show. We have a packed show this morning because the world itself is changing. We are in the fourth turning, a time of destruction and rebuilding. You are beginning to see it happen now. Canada is turning into communist China. Canada last night voted in favor of Justin Trudeau's emergency act along party lines. So many members of the World Economic Forum serve in Justin Trudeau's cabinet, and they are doing the will of the globalists. They want Canada to become China. They want a social credit score. They want to control your life. They want you to have nothing and own nothing and to have zero privacy, and you will be happy, they say. Ladies and gentlemen, they're very open about what they want, and they're getting it. In Ukraine, Russia is gobbling up big swaths of land, recognizing independent states and sending in their military. Is it an invasion? We'll cover that too in the show. It is wild. The West is getting the middle finger from Moscow, and Putin is just essentially doing whatever he wants and saying, try me. And let's just say Joe Biden is blinking. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe it's more than a blink. Maybe it's just a long, long nap. But we decided to start our show with a little bit of good news because after watching a few of our most recent episodes, we have realized that it has been doom and gloom. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we are in what many philosophers call the fourth turning. This is a generational era of destruction and rebuilding. I was born in 1986. The world looks nothing like it did in 1986. Ladies and gentlemen, I remember going to play in the McDonald's play place down the road from my house. 
Now, if you tried to play at a McDonald's play place in New York City without a vaccine passport, and you're a five-year-old, you may get arrested. The world is changing. And it's changing quickly. And so we might as well focus on the good because we're going to have a lot of bad. Now, I'm an optimist. I have an optimist streak in me. And so I want to believe that good will win. I also have a pretty great track record as it pertains to me being American. Looking back on the American history and proud tradition of fighting tyranny. When Americans stand up and fight back and when good people push back on authoritarianism against all odds, might I remind you that the British Army was the largest standing army and navy in the world when we fought our revolution. It is a powerful thing. Only about a third of colonists thought that we should even fight a revolution against the British. The other third was on the side of the Brits, and the other third were sort of like, eh, I don't know, man. Kind of like things the way they are. I'm comfortable right now. The world can change when just a few bold people stand up. And so that is what we're looking at right now with Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse, in a bombshell interview last night that played for you a clip there at the front of our show, said to Tucker Carlson that he is going to be suing corporate media. He is launching a project, a site, a fundraising site called the Media Accountability Project. It is going to be a tool to help him fundraise in order to hold the media accountable for their lies. Now, we reached out to Kyle's team, and we are looking forward to doing an interview with them very soon. But let me read to you from Fox News. Let's read the article about what Kyle Rittenhouse is now doing. Kyle Rittenhouse, who is still 18 years old, remarkable, it'll be four years before the guy can walk into a bar and order a beer, right? He's 18 years old, and he was found not guilty following deadly shootings in 2020 Kenosha riots. He's launching a new initiative to combat powerful news and in order to hold them accountable for the lies that they spew. Ladies and gentlemen, we pause our show today to thank our sponsor. We are broadcasting from the Birch Gold Studios here in Tampa, Florida, and we just want to thank Birch Gold for being a supporter of our show. Ronald Reagan, arguably the greatest president in American history, he saw this 40 years ago. Massive inflation that we haven't seen since until today. In his own words, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Right now, your retirement accounts are under attack thanks to the inflationary policies of this administration. If you've not yet called Birch Gold the only people that I trust to help you diversify your 401ks and IRAs into gold, then you are missing the boat. Actually, you're treading water without a life vest. Birch Gold has your life vest. Let them help you convert your IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered gold IRA. That's what you want. With thousands of satisfied customers and an A-plus rating with your Better Business Bureau, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your savings. Text Benny to the number 989898 now to get your no-cost, no-obligation info kit. This is a comprehensive 20-page guide that reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can buy them under the umbrella of a tax-sheltered account. 
So do it now. Text the word Benny to 989898. That's Benny, B-E-N-N-Y, to 989898. Quoting Kyle Rittenhouse. Me and my team have decided to launch the Media Accountability Project as a tool to help fundraise and hold the media accountable for the lies they said and deal with them in court, Rittenhouse said on Tucker's bombshell interview last night. I don't want to see anybody else have to deal with what I went through. So I want to hold them accountable for what they did to me because I do not want to see anybody have to go through what I went through. That is a noble cause. When asked if he himself will be suing any news organization, Rittenhouse offered a sample who is currently on the list. Who's on Kyle Rittenhouse's list? Well, whoopee, Goldberg is on the list, whoopee. As far as I'm concerned, Whoopi Goldberg, the Holocaust denier, I think is the easiest way to to say uh, Whoopi Goldberg's most recent faux pas in the media. Whoopi Goldberg is the consummate, low-information lib on The View. She hasn't had a successful movie role or comedy act in two or three decades she just sits there and spews leftist talking points because that is how all Hollywood, what all Hollywood kind of descends into, right? You just, you go from being a creative, smart, or funny person with a spark in you, and Hollywood just grinds you down, grinds you into what? A cog, a tool of the regime. And that is what Whoopi Goldberg is now. She's unfunny, she lost her sense of humor, and now she is going to be sued by Kyle Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse says, she called me a murderer, talking about Whoopi, after I was acquitted by a jury of my peers, she still went on TV to say that. Well, I mean, that's libel. If a judge and if a court says you didn't murder anyone, and then you walk on TV and says this person is a murderer, man, it's going to be pretty easy to, 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 to show that Whoopi Goldberg, with her millions and millions of viewers, and with her huge platform is causing damages to this little kid. I'm getting Nick Sandman vibes here. Nick Sandman, of course, was called a white supremacist and a racist by CNN, MSNBC, The Washington Post, and the lot. And uh, let's just say, let's just say they are, uh, they're not doing that great. They're having to settle for seven-figure settlements with Nick Sandman. We don't know exactly the number, but I know some people in Nick Sandman's orbit, and uh, yikes, it is... They're big numbers, let's just say. Uh, this isn't pretty, and Nick Sandman's doing quite well for a, for a teenager uh, from Kentucky who wore a MAGA hat and did nothing wrong. Nick Sandman did nothing wrong. Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong. And you can say it, and it's true. And now the people who said libelous, slanderous things are going to be sued through Kyle's new project. He name-dropped Senk Uger from the Young Turks, who called Rittenhouse a murderer before his trial and continues to call me a murderer, according to Kyle Rittenhouse. So, he also didn't name by name, but went after corporate media outlets that did this. Tucker Carlson played a long montage of various members of the media and corporate press calling Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist and a racist and saying that he traveled across state lines. <laughs> Guys, 
I still can't figure it out. Is, am I, I don't ever claim to be a high IQ individual, but what is the deal with the travel across state lines? I'm sitting there watching this interview with my wife last night going, what, what was the purpose of this? Everyone just repeating that he traveled across state lines, right? Which is a lie. It's a lie, verifiable and proven in court that he actually didn't do that. So I hope he sues them for this. Travel across state lines. The best I can come up with is that this has to do with the desire of the left to control uh, your movement, your travel, your assimilation, uh, your free assembly, right? And so this has to do with their condemnation of Kyle Rittenhouse traveling like the 10 miles that it was from his town in Illinois to Wisconsin. Because he lived right on the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. Kyle Rittenhouse worked in Wisconsin. Uh, And again, the trial proved that he did nothing wrong. Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong. Well, the people who did do something wrong, though, are those who slandered Kyle Rittenhouse and libeled him, defamed him. We're going to hold everyone who lied about me accountable, Kyle Rittenhouse says in the interview, such as everybody who called me a white supremacist. They're going to be held accountable, and we're going to handle them in a courtroom. Good. Neither ABC News or the Young Turks immediately responded to Fox News' request for comment, ABC News being the network that platforms Whoopi Goldberg, who went on and lied about this little kid. I mean, again, Kyle Rittenhouse is a little kid. He's 18 years old. He barely has the right to vote. Was he even 18 when this all happened? I'm not sure. And I, 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 I just am so fascinated by this story because the left's attack on children and the left's attack on the most innocent among us, and this is obviously a consistent pattern, uh, remains stunning to me. Why do they go after Sandman? Why do they go after Rittenhouse? Why do they go after the young kids? Ladies and gentlemen, I have a show with Turning Point USA. I like Turning Point USA a lot. We speak at their conferences, and it's an awesome organization. Sincerely. If you've never been in one of their big halls and seen and felt the energy of 10,000 young people draping the American flag around themselves, rocking out to freedom and to the principles of liberty and a new America that we could create together, a more beautiful and fair America, the energy is palpable. It kicks ass. It's very, very fun to work with Turning Point USA. The left hates Turning Point USA. And I think the reason why they hate Turning Point USA, Kyle Rittenhouse, Nick Sandman, and all the rest is simply this. You can also have like Kendall Jones and every you know young person who is of the right is because they believe that they own the right. The left is so angry when you begin to invade their territory and push back when they fight back. When you begin to take something that they thought was theirs. The left went barking mad when Donald Trump became president of the United States. They're still twinging over it. They're like a... PTSD patient 
when you mention Donald Trump to like an avowed leftist, not a liberal, an avowed leftist, they're like, they're like spasm. Because they can't believe that that somebody who came directly after Barack Obama, Messiah, was Donald Trump. The guy who perpetually trolled, humiliated Barack Obama, and then ended up punking in the world's most epic punk, Hillary Clinton. It's turf war. And it is the left's functional understanding that they own something. The left thinks that they own young people because they are in charge of teachers' unions, because they are in charge of pop culture, because they're in charge of all the, you know, whatever mumble rap or garbage thing being pumped out by Hollywood or the CW, TikTok, whatever stupid thing. The left has this stranglehold of control on that. And so when it doesn't work, they freak out. When Kanye West goes off script and puts on a MAGA hat, they freak out. And so... uh, It was an important practice for Nick Sandman to sue because their lashing out often ends in something that is libelous and defamatory, untrue. Nick Sandman sued, and Nick Sandman's, that dude's good. That that dude's I think, is the uh, Monopoly man at this point. He's going to start wearing a monocle and a top hat, and I hope Kyle Rittenhouse does too. Kyle Rittenhouse is going to sue, and we're going to see what happens. We're going to follow this very, very closely. My team is telling me that the goal was to get Kyle Rittenhouse federally charged by having him break the laws of multiple states. So that is what the crossing state lines meant. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, I just didn't know that. So the goal was to get him on the federal docket uh, and to get him federally charged We saw a lot of bluster, by the way, from Congress when Kyle Rittenhouse was found innocent. They couldn't stand it. Once again, their narrative collapses and their truth, as it were, uh, goes up in ashes. That is what is happening, quite frankly, across the internet right now. We spent most of the last week on Truth Social. Ladies and gentlemen, we pause our program for just a moment to give you an exciting announcement from our friends at The Daily Wire. The Daily Wire is now making feature-length films, and the world premiere of their first film, Shut In, reached over half a million views upon its release. That is more people than watch Don Lemon's show on CNN every night. (laughs) And it currently has an audience score of 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Daily Wire worked night and day to make this film, and it shows it had me on the edge of my seat. You gotta watch it. It's exclusively streaming for Daily Wire members, and if you're not one, you are missing out. Support conservatives making movies. Support movies without a woke agenda. This might be The Daily Wire's first original production. It will not be their last. The Daily Wire also released a new trailer for Hyperions, an anti-superhero movie, and Terror on the Prairie the new Western starring the amazing, uncancelable Gina Carano. It's coming this summer, so go to thedailywire.com slash subscribe to get a membership today. Use the code Betty for 20% off your new membership. Go. Truth Social, Donald Trump's new social media site. It's cool. Gotta tell you. There are some haters out there. There's some glitches. It's going to happen. You guys remember what happened when Twitter first came online or Facebook first came online? You're, it, these things are difficult and it is hard to build. 
It's amazing to me because everybody says, why don't you go build your own internet? Why don't you go build your own social media platform? And Donald Trump is doing it. And so I'm going to be a positivist here. There's a lot of people saying that there's bugs. There's a wait list that is like 400 billion, uh, <laughs> 400 billion people long. I don't, I, the, the, the numbers are like insane. People are getting numbers that are like 500, 700,000. That's their number to wait in line to get accepted onto the app. So it's kind of funny, but it's not funny to the left who is already losing their minds. Barbara Streisand was tweeting angry things about Truth Social today. (laughs) It was wonderful to wake up to Barbara Streisand raging about Truth Social. Well, here's what I have learned, ladies and gentlemen, in the Truth Social launch. Let me just tell you off the top, and then I'm going to read you some news articles about what's going on inside of Truth Social and what's going on at Truth Social. You can see here that Truth Social is the number one app in the world right now on the Apple Store. Now, it hasn't been released for Android as far as we know. So this is just an Apple Store release. Android is coming soon. We uh, will be bringing you a lot of news about Truth Social, and we're trying to book uh, representatives from Truth Social right now on the show to tell you more about it. But I've been welcomed on to Truth Social as an early adopter and been told, hey, Benny, here's your handle. It's called at Benny. That's my handle. And have a have a run and tell us what you think. Go test drive this baby. So here's what I've learned. Let me tell you off the top before I read you any articles or play any clips about Truth Social. Truth Social is Twitter. Now, I operate on every social media platform that I think is responsible. Now, the only devious uh, part of that statement is I am also on TikTok. I'm not proud of this. I'm quite ashamed of it. You won't find any videos of me dancing, but we are simply posting on TikTok some of the uh, some of the reels content or shorts content that you would see on Instagram or YouTube. We post that on TikTok. Just see what's going on. Just throw it up on TikTok. See what's going on. Uh, and <laughs> whatever, right? I'm fully, fully aware that, uh, that the burner phone that we do our TikTok from is uh, spied on by the Chinese, but They'll have nothing to spy on. It's a burner phone. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we operate on all platforms. We're, we try and stay very, very adept and abreast of what's going on on social media. And we try and operate on every platform to the fullest extent uh, that they will allow us to do, meaning that we use all of the tools and little knickknacks and all the gadgets and all the gizmos that gets unveiled. We really, really, really try and maximize our space on a social media platform. So we have been maximizing and researching and diving in on Truth Social. So the best that I can confer platform like-like is Twitter. Like-like. It's similar to Twitter. People inside of Truth Social tell me that's what Trump wanted. Trump wanted a Twitter-style platform. So if you think you're going to be getting an Instagram or a Facebook, I think think again. If you think you're going to be getting a TikTok, think again. Or a YouTube, think again. However, the things that make Instagram, Facebook, TikTok uh, fun are also available on Truth Social. So Truth Social, you can post a video. We've posted dozens of videos on my Truth Social. It populates really well. The video plays. It's great. Uh, 
that is a huge problem for a lot of center-right social media apps, okay, is getting video to play. We've posted images on Truth Social. They populate great. Tweet them, truth them, right? And, um, you know, gone pretty gone pretty viral. Get get two or, you know, get, get about 100 retruths is what they're called, the retweet function. What you're going to find is uh, something that really models Twitter. So you can post videos, you can post photos, but I, I, it's very text-driven. So it's going to be like a like a tweet, right? So it's going to be look look kind of like a tweet. It's going to function kind of like a tweet. And so uh, that is the the Truth Social mockup. Things are v- relatively functional. It's a little slow. It's a little slow. Sometimes the truths don't send once or twice. They haven't sent, especially on the days when they've started to invite people on. Um, but the site hasn't crashed for me. And it, it seems as though we're reaching people. And we have 2,000 followers now on Truth Social. I don't know how, you know, I don't think they've even let in like a, a fraction of a percent of people. And then also Truth Social has been very responsive. So people on the team have gotten back with us when we ask them questions, things like that. And so uh, we have we have found it to be really, really good. You can see here, <laughs> your account has been created successfully Thanks for joining. Due to massive demand, we have placed you on our wait list. This is what a lot of people are getting right now. And so I apologize that I am like telling you this without perhaps your ability to hop on there. But trust me, it's it's there. It's real. It's working. It's functional. I like it. I can see this as something that's going to really take on Twitter. I can see this as something that's going to really take a bite out of uh, the, the, the Twitter market share. By the way, if you've been following Twitter on their market cap, holy crap. Over the last like 12 months, Twitter's been cut in half legitimately. You want to talk about shooting yourself in the foot, cutting off your nose to spite your face, as my grandmother would say. Kicking Donald Trump off Twitter, not smart. And I think that Truth Social could be the thing that that eats them alive. The Truth Social stock, on the other hand, Trump Media Group stock, has soared. So... Let's listen to what Trump's team has to say about Truth Social News. We have a clip on it. Let's go. Right, and then Cheryl, let's talk about Trump's Truth Social. It's going to be up and running and fully operational here soon. It's actually up this morning, uh, Ashley. Former President Trump's Truth Social hitting the Apple App Store just overnight. It describes itself as an alternative to Facebook and Twitter. Congressman Devin Nunez is retiring later this year. He's going to become CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group. We want to value our customers. And we want them to tell us what they would like to have on the platform, Maria, which is the opposite of some Silicon Valley tech oligarch freak telling people what they want to think and deciding who can or cannot be on the platform. Well, the launch marks Trump's return to social media after he was banned from several platforms last year. He had 89 million followers on Twitter before he was removed, guys. Number one on the App Store and... Hundreds of thousands, definitely millions of people trying to sign on. So imagine this, right? So Donald Trump got 75 million votes approximately in two different presidential elections. So if you add those up, plus the number of people that just generally support Trump, you're looking at probably 100 million people, right? If you're looking through duplication and addition, 100 million Americans. 
voted for Donald Trump. How many more people around the globe want to be on Truth Social just to sort of like watch what's going on and test it out? So you are definitely looking at, you have to assume, millions, maybe tens of millions of people that want to hop onto this platform uh, and that want to be platformed on here. What was Donald Trump's last Twitter follower number? It was in the 80 million mark. It was on the 80 million mark. I don't know if we can get that for the show, but it's it was it was up there. Donald Trump was, man, was he the most followed person on Twitter? Shoot, he had to have been really close. I mean, Donald Trump, 80 million plus followers. That's what I remember. So you have to assume just by sheer numbers of Trump supporters and by people who are going to be operational, it's going to be tens of millions of people, just on sheer simple math. And Donald Trump had 80 million followers on Twitter before he was kicked off. And so, yeah, woof. You're going to see a big boom for Truth Social. Former Republican congressman, CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group, Devin Nunes, says the goal of the platform is to give people their voice back. He was on Maria Bartiromo's show, and he went more in depth as to what Truth Social is planning to do. Here is uh, Devin Nunes on Maria Bartiromo's show this weekend, sort of diving in on what the purpose of Truth Social is. Let's take people at their words. Go. Yeah, I mean, it's really exciting because we've, you know, we're now day 10. Every day we bring on more and more Americans and we're getting to you as quickly as possible. We're doing something that uh, is really, Maria, uh, it, it's just such a, it's such a great opportunity for, for, for President Trump, for me, uh, for our whole team that's working at TMDTG around the clock, especially as you see the excitement of people who have been booted from social media for the last two or three years. I mean, there's excitement on our platform right now and people, it's, it's inspirational. Honestly, it's just, it's, it's actually very moving uh, for me to see people that are on the platform that have had their, that had their voice canceled. You know, and that's our main goal here is to give people their voice back. People are giving us feedback. Uh, we continue to make changes, make improvements. Uh, we, we continue to roll out more and more people. So, you know, this week we'll begin to roll out uh, people on the Apple App Store. Uh, that's going to be awesome because we're going to get so many more people that are going to be on the platform. And then, look, our, our goal is, and I think we're going to hit it. I think by the by the end of March, we're going to be fully operational, uh, with, at least within the United States. So, so we're having a lot of fun. Uh, and like I said, it's, uh, you know, we're focused on, on customer experience, right? We want to value our customers and we want them to tell us what they would like to have on the platform, Maria, which is the yeah. opposite of some Silicon Valley tech oligarch freak telling people what they want to think and deciding who can or cannot be on the platform. I mean, we're really taking just yeah. the opposite approach, which is valuing our customers. 88.7 million. That is the number of Twitter followers that President Trump had when he was booted off the platform. 88.7 million. To put that in perspective, there are 38 million people living in Canada. So you're getting two Canadas. Every Canadian followed Donald Trump twice <laughs> on Twitter. That's a huge number. It's a huge number. The official number of Americans living in America in America are 330 million. We'll see where that, I'm sure that's gone up. But that's the most latest 
and most often used official number. So you're talking like a considerable portion, like a fourth of Americans followed Donald Trump on social media. That's pretty massive. It's pretty huge, uh, all things considered. And so will they be flocking to Truth Social? You gotta assume it. You gotta assume. Now, my team has also very wisely pointed out, ALX, a producer of this show, which you can also follow on Truth Social, at ALX, a fantastic newsbreaker and a wonderful producer of our show. Huge fans of ALX. When you get your Truth Social, follow ALX. Donald Trump's follower count on Truth Social right now, as we do this show, is 23,000. So that is how many people you can approximately assume have been allowed on the platform. And just in case you're wondering exactly what a small sliver of a percent of people have been led onto the platform thus far. You can't let everyone on the platform at the same time. It's going to crash, right? So the real issue here is that the server space behind Truth Social, you have to make sure that the thing doesn't collapse, right? I'm not going to name other apps. I'm not going to shame other apps. But when conservatives try to do this, their app crashes. Their stuff just collapses. During the Super Bowl, there was a Coinbase viral ad. You saw it with the little dink, 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 dink. QR code bouncing around your screen. So many bros hopped up off their couches, grabbed their natty lights and their iPhones, and clicked that with their wing-stained fingers. Buffalo wing-stained fingers. Those bros were hopping off their chairs, clicking that QR code, and they crashed Coinbase, right? Coinbase doesn't have the same problem that Truth Social has, which is that Truth Social doesn't want to be committed to AWS, the largest server farm in America, the largest server platform is Amazon Web Services. They don't want to be able to have the plug pulled on their site and offline. And so they're trying to grow and build as fast as possible, uh, but they have to be smart in letting people on because otherwise they're going to crash their servers, right? Every user is a certain amount of server space and you got to make sure you have the capacity. So that's a big issue that they're dealing with right now. That's from inside information as it pertains to the as it pertains to the uh, uh, launch of Truth Social. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have <laughs> we have more here from, uh, from ALX. Goodness gracious. A little history of Donald Trump and Twitter. I find this fascinating. I'm sorry if, if it's not interesting to you, but when Trump announced his presidential campaign in 2015, he only had 2.98 million followers. His follower count increased rapidly thereafter. So Donald Trump only had 2.5, 2.98 million followers on Twitter to 88 million. So Donald Trump, upon announcing that he was running for president and then becoming president, gained 85 million followers on the platform. And then Twitter, in their infinite wisdom, just destroyed 85 million followers, right? An account that is created the vector of engagement for Twitter. And this is how it works, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we study social media very clearly. It's why we do this live every day, quite frankly, is because you need to engage people. You need to reach out and make sure that the people who give you the benefit of following you and who give you the, the respect and the honor, quite frankly, we take it very seriously, this show, my team does nothing but produce this show for like seven hours a day. We are talking nonstop day and night about the show, about what content we want to bring you. 
doing our research, bringing you good information. We want to be sure that you're engaged properly and that you're getting something out of following our channel because it's a, we deeply respect it. We love you and we want to bring you good information and we want to bring you entertaining information. And so when Twitter killed, when they Epsteined Donald Trump's account, right? In the dark of night, there you go. Here's your news. Good night. And they just took Trump offline. They got rid of probably the greatest engagement vector in history for their account, for their platform. Now, Twitter is like very empty. It's, it, it just sucks, right? It just sucks. Kind of sucks to be on there. Trump was, whether you hated him or loved him, man, he was, a, he was the best thing that ever happened to Twitter. You can watch Twitter's stock price soar as Donald Trump becomes president. And now you can see it collapse. Twitter's stock price has been cut in half. The stock price of Donald Trump's social media company has gone through the ceiling, gone through the roof, to the moon, as the young kids say. So, ladies and gentlemen, what do we have on Truth Social so far? Big, high-profile users have joined the platform. Stephen Crowder, Rick Grinnell, Madison Cawthorn, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Terrence Williams, Mark Levin, Kyle Rittenhouse, Charlie Kirk, Melania Trump, and the man himself, Donald Trump. Donald Trump has 23,000 followers, according to the most recent count. Just to show you exactly how many people are on Truth Social, Donald Trump's account is sort of like popped up to you as soon as you log in, right? So when you log into Truth Social for the first time, it'll say, you should follow these accounts. And Donald Trump's account, of course it is, is right at the very top, boom, with a little red check mark. No longer the blue check marks, red check marks on Truth Social. And so... You got to assume 99.99999% of people that are logging on Truth Social follow Donald Trump. So that's a good that's a good estimate of exactly how many people are on Truth Social right now. So I may be overstating exactly how many what a percentage of people that want to be on Truth Social that have already been allowed on Truth Social. Maybe it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent. Anyway, we think that this very we think it's very very interesting. Uh, the current state of Truth Social. We think it's very interesting, the launch of Truth Social, and we are going to be following it very, very closely. Uh, so what do we have? Uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, just had a uh, just had a quick little glitch on the old glitch on the old uh, screen here. So the left-wing media, of course, because conservatives can't have nice things and Republicans can't have nice things, has announced that they will be trying to cancel Truth Social. They are already freaking out about the amount of traffic and interest in Truth Social, and they are wildly overstating exactly how <laughs> how bad or radical things are going. Remember, the truckers, the truckers in Canada. They are the worst people in the world. It's it very much like when you watch the truckers in Canada. My time on Truth Social and poking around on Truth Social has been this. It's kind of like the videos of the truckers in Canada. You see the people with the bouncy houses and their kids and they're having fun and they're happy together and they're patriotic together and they're clapping each other on the back and they're grilling and they're giving each other food. That's kind of like what Truth Social is digitally. It's been a very pleasant experience so far. I have close to 2,000 followers on Truth Social, so I just want to say thank you, patriots. And I like it. I don't like I don't like Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool. So I I like the formatting of Twitter. I like Twitter as it pertains to the ability to break news fast and break information fast and have open communication. 
but I don't like Twitter as it pertains to like just the cesspool of leftism on there. And there are many studies on Twitter to show that the uh, uh, the amount of users that are essentially left-wing or left-wing bots are just extraordinary. Twitter is a far-left, extremist, radical, censor-heavy site that is n- not your friend. Not your friend. So uh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that Truth Social has taken off like a rocket. I look forward to to playing around uh, with it. That'll be a sandbox that we are posting in regularly. When they start live streaming, if they start live streaming, they don't have that function right now, we will definitely bring our show on to Truth Social. It'll be fun. All right, well, what's next? We wanted to start our show with some happy talk. We wanted to talk a little more about the interesting things that are going on on Truth Social. But now we come to... Russia! That's right! Russia! Russia and Ukraine! The invasion begins, says Newsweek. I think that that's going to be... I think that calling it an invasion is a little strong, quite frankly. Bloomberg has a headline up right now that says, Is it a Russian invasion? Ukraine and Western leaders say no. They say no, not yet. So we will see their conflicting... Headlines in corporate media. But Russia! Russia! The invasion begins. Let's cut on over to Fox News, show you what uh, our friends over at Fox have to say about the latest on Russia. Go. Dana, I'm here in this western Ukrainian city where U.S. diplomats have fled over fears of a Russian invasion. Vladimir Putin has sent ground troops into eastern Ukraine. He's calling them, as you said, peacekeeping forces. The U.S. response came late last night during an emergency session of the U.N. Security Council. He has since announced that he will place Russian troops in these regions. He calls them peacekeepers. This is nonsense. We know what they really are. While Russia was kicked out of the G8, it still has a seat on the U.N. Security Council with veto power and actually hosted last night's meeting as the rotating president of the Security Council, Dana. In an address to his nation last night, Putin essentially read from a 5,000-word essay he penned last summer about Ukraine and posted on the Kremlin's website in English for all the world to see, a blueprint for where we are today. Putin wants to put the USSR back together. This year marks the 100th anniversary of the Soviet Union's founding. Putin thinks Ukraine and Russia are one people. Ukrainians here disagree. A majority want to be closer to the West. Ukraine's president responded to Putin beginning here last night at 2 a.m. local time. So let's read the articles, ladies and gentlemen. We did a, uh, we did a little news break last night on this. We've spoken with our dear friend of the program, Jack Persobic, who is an expert in this region. He gave us a nice big phone call last night, sort of talking us through what's going on. But let's read the news, and I'll share with you what Jack has to say as it pertains to this recent aggression by Vladimir Putin. So witnesses described the Russian military vehicles on the move into two breakaway republics in eastern Ukraine that Vladimir Putin has recognized as independent. A video released showing a column of military vehicles with headlights on moving in a convoy. Russian officials have said that people in the town of Mavika, about 10 miles west of rebel-held Donetsk, have seen what appears to be Russian armored vehicles on the move, according to The Guardian. 
The paper cited one source saying that a huge convoy of Russian armored personnel carriers, APCs, and other equipment have been traveling for one and a half hours heading towards the city of Yatasluva, also in Donetsk region. Video shot by Reuters show that the APCs, armored personnel carriers, these are often carrying troops and carrying armed troops, Russian troops, into these areas, are on the roads uh, all around these regions, uh, but they have not been seen on the streets in previous days, so clearly the Russian military is moving in. This is what Jack Persobic tells us. I don't ever claim to be extremely high information. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I am high information. I'm not high IQ. So I depend on people who I trust to be giving me uh, uh, insights into things I don't know about. I'm very happy to talk about the things that I don't know about. I'm no Rhodes Scholar. I went to community college. Jack Persobic is a dear friend, a colleague, and he said, listen, man, these two breakaway regions voted in 2014 to leave Ukraine. They have their own flags. They have their own languages. They have a majority of citizenry that is Russian. And that these regions do not want to be part of the Ukrainian sphere of influence. And so is it an invasion or is it what he did with Crimea? Well, it depends on what you want to say an invasion is. I can pop over here to Bloomberg and show you a headline that says, it's not an invasion. Is it a Russian invasion? Ukraine and Western leaders say not yet. Many Western leaders are shying away from saying Vladimir Putin's move to recognize two self-proclaimed separatist regions of Ukraine amount to an invasion. Uh, but they are warning that that is likely to come, even as the Russian president orders his forces to start deploying into breakaway areas. And so what do we have? Well, we have a Crimea situation. It is quite interesting that Crimea happened when Barack Obama was president. Now in Barack Obama's third term, because Joe Biden is asleep, and we are seeing now an invasion once more. It worked for Vladimir Putin the first time, to gobble up territory, and now it's going to work once more. It's a very contentious issue, but Joe Biden, as of now, has not made a public statement. Joe Biden is going to be making a public statement today at around 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock. The time keeps changing. I'm seeing two different updates, but... We'll see. Today, Joe Biden is going to be making a statement. But what are they going to do? Slap sanctions on Russia? Vladimir Putin wants this part of Ukraine. He wants to gobble up territory. He is obsessed with it. I don't think that sanctions are going to really assuade him from doing anything right now. And so, yeah, I'm being confirmed. It's one o'clock. Joe Biden's going to speak about Vladimir Putin putting troops inside of Ukraine. Man, it's going, to be, it's going to be up to you, but this is what Jack tells us, our boy Jack Persobic. He says, listen, Vladimir Putin doesn't give a damn what NATO thinks. He doesn't care what Davos thinks. This is a big middle finger to the Clintons. Vladimir Putin went on national television and said, hey, Ukraine is a construct of this neoliberal Clinton-esque worldview. It's a pawn of... Western countries, and it was something that is, you know, it's something that is being abused, essentially, by Western countries. And we're not saying that we necessarily agree with that. We don't necessarily, we don't really know enough. I think we're going to learn a lot about Ukraine and its history in the coming days. But it's 
a chess master, and Russia is very, uh, very famous for its chess masters. It's a chess master, I think, uh, playing chess against a world that is playing checkers. It looks like Kamala Harris, who is just cringeworthy. She's going to Munich and just cackling and giggling and spitting out word salad. Kamala Harris is not being taken seriously, and Joe Biden not being taken seriously. Uh, the leaders of NATO and the leaders of European countries being seen as weak and being seen as feeble, not serious. And Vladimir Putin taking advantage of this. Weakness has its consequences. And Joe Biden is showing that in spades. <clears throat> so what do we have here, ladies and gentlemen? We have certainly what seems to be on paper an invasion so to speak, Russian forces moving into what wasn't Russian territory, what they are now sort of taking as Russian territory. Uh, world leaders aren't calling it that, but this is absolutely a result of weakness. Weakness on the world stage. Weakness in our time. Weakness from the Biden administration. And there are consequences. When you watch what happened in Afghanistan, the rulers of the world who want dominion over satellite states and over spheres of influence, China included in that, said, holy Moses. They said, holy cannoli. Boy, howdy, is this the time to move? If we want Taiwan, we better get it now. Because Donald Trump, Donald Trump, that crazy ass MF, that dude is gonna, we can't do this stuff if he runs again in 2024. <clears throat> We got to get these pieces of the chessboard now. Joe Biden is weak. Joe Biden is feeble. He's 79 years old. He cannot speak. He cannot move. He cannot talk. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Hey, Corn Pop. Stop invading Donut and Don't do Don't do desk. Don't 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 do desk. Build back. Build back. Build back. Don't build back. Don't ask. Don't do desk. Come on, man. It's terrible. It's embarrassing. It's disgusting. It's gross. About as gross as my Joe Biden impression there. It's sad. And when evil senses weakness around the world, man, it's, it's going to go in. We on this program will simply state in closing, we don't give a damn. I, and I mean this. I don't give a damn about Ukraine's borders. I really don't. Clip it. Put it up on the internet. I don't give a damn. Until America's borders are secure, until the territorial integrity of our country is secure, then I don't give a damn about another country's borders. I really, truly do not. I care far more about what's happening in Ottawa than I do about what's happening in Donetsk. That's me. And that is my opinion. And that is, I think, reflected in millions and millions of Americans when we look at what is happening on our southern border, which is utterly broken. And the Biden administration has welcomed the invasion of every country in the world. Terrorists... Drug smugglers, child smugglers, sex traffickers, demonic activity, 
the worst people on planet Earth have been welcomed with open arms at our southern border. That's the border I'm concerned about because that's where I live, damn it. And so screw y'all. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care about Ukraine's borders. I don't care about Ukraine's borders. I'll start caring, or at least I'll be remotely interested, mildly lukewarm interested in Ukraine's territorial integrity when America has territorial integrity. Until we have our own house in order, I don't give a flying damn about Ukraine. The end. And that ain't, that ain't changing. And I think I speak on behalf of virtually all Americans. This is a plaything for the corporate and political uniparty. Ukraine was a plaything. It was an operationalized place for you to send your cokehead kids to make sure that they are able to get rich. Your kids with no morals. Your kids with no prospects. It's a ch that's what Ukraine was. That's what Ukraine is right now. That's how our corporate and political ruling class used that nation. It has always been a nation of extreme corruption, but it was corruption on behalf of our ruling class, so it was good. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm not going to sweat, and I'm not going to care. You're not going to find me crying over Ukraine's borders. There's far too much horror going on on my border, the country of my birth, my heritage, where my kids live, damn it. And so I truly take this to the bank. Do not give a rat's ass about what's happening in Ukraine right now. I just don't. I just don't. So this may be the last time you even hear about it on the show. I don't know. I think for every Ukraine segment that we see on other corporate media shows, we're going to do another special on the border. We've gone down there. We'll go again. That's the border that matters to me because this is where I live. I'm not part of the neoliberal globalist ruling elite. I don't view Ukraine and lawfare and warfare and espionage and various brinksmanship and gamesmanship. I don't view that as something cute, or funny, or a pastime to do over my, you know, uh, 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 um, I don't know. What would they sip? Martini? Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, <laughs> we're drinking Natty Lights over here and bourbon, and we're concerned about our border. And so that's what we concern ourselves with here on this show. And our border, of course, is in chaotic, catastrophic collapse. We care about our country. We care about God, family, and country on this show. We were born free men and women, and we intend to stay that way. So keep memeing, ladies and gentlemen. Keep fighting. We are winning. The fourth turning is here, and it's got to be us <laughs> who win these battles. Because the alternative, it ain't pretty. You are watching the collapse of neoliberalism around the world. In some ways, it's glorious, but it's time to stay vigilant. Thanks for watching. See ya!